0: Live from El Zonte, El Salvador, a.k.a. Bitcoin Beach, this is the fan William Shores NATO. Today we're doing a special episode, I think I'm going to call it uh, the Bitcoin Beach special or something. Uh, I'm doing this episode without Shores, instead I have uh, Nicholas Berti, right? Yes. Welcome Nicholas, so you're going to be my Shores today.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Nicholas, can you introduce... Yeah, so that means, by the way, we're going to need you to do the puns, because usually Shorts does the puns, so I hope you brought some good puns for this episode.
1: I'm not sure what puns means, but I will try. Uh, there are like, <laughs> the, like the words jokes? Okay, okay. Uh, I'm not the best at, you know, words jokes. You, 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 you got it, Nicholas. I,
0: I, I, was... I have faith in you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, uh, yeah, first of all, Nicholas, for our listeners, explain who you are. Please, introduce yourself.
1: Hi, so you will guess with my accent, I'm, I'm a French guy. Um, I, I've lived, I have lived a couple of years in the US and I'm currently, I've become a nomad last year and I've been working on the open source uh, software. I mean, I've been building a wallet that is called the Bitcoin Beach wallet that is used by the community here in El Zante. I'm, I'm currently living in El Zante as of now. And uh, our goal May, is to maybe really quickly, you know, we don't need to dwell on this. There's
0: other podcasts on this specific topic, but yeah, maybe yeah. you know, explain real quick what El Zonte is and what's going on here.
1: Yeah, so El Zonte is a small village in El Salvador. Uh, there is about three thousand people here, and it's a overall a, a poor village, right? The average salary here is about four hundred dollars per month, uh, so. The what makes you know Esonte quite uh, special is that it's the project where Bitcoin Beach started, and Bitcoin Beach is a is an initiative that involves Bitcoin, as the name suggests, and how to use maybe Bitcoin in in a, in a local community and to get those people out of poverty. The challenge with El Salvador in general is that uh, there is a lot of requirement to open a bank account. And so if you're not wealthy enough, basically, you know, banks are not very interesting into, you know, providing banking services to you. And so here, you know, people typically don't have a bank account. And on average, 70% of the population in El Salvador don't have a bank account. And so what we are doing here is that, um, so, so first there, is, there has been a, a donor that have contributed some Bitcoin like uh, two years ago. And, you know, this is how the initiative gets really started. Uh, on our side, what we have been doing is uh, a wallet to help, you know, the adoption of, of Bitcoin. Uh, and I guess this is what we'll be discussing more today.
0: Yeah, so you're the developer and um, you, you run a company as well, right? It, yeah, the, yeah. The wallet is developed by your company, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we have a company called Gallery Money and... We are developing open source software, and uh, the idea that we think there is you know a type of wallet that we can uh, bring to the market, which is like what we call a shared custody wallet, and that you use Lightning for payment. And our goal is to develop open source software, you know, for, for the community. Uh, it, this is what we are doing, yes.
0: Yeah. So the interesting thing about it is, you came to Alzonte, or did you already start working on the wallets before you came here, or what? What, what was the order of?
1: Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So I started working on the wallet initially, like late 2019, you know, um, initially as a, a non custodial wallet. And after I moved to the short custody model, I, I decided to dedicate my time to you know, the Bitcoin Beach community as a you know, proof of concept uh, early 2020. And I came here. Yeah, uh, about seven, eight months ago for the first time. So, the weight was already starting to be here when I, I came here. Um, but yeah, I, I really wanted to come here to see the people using the wallet on the ground.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's sort of one of the interesting things about this wallet and your efforts, I think, is that, first of all, like you mentioned, people here, for them, it's not even really a luxury. It's... Kind of a necessity or at least you know they can't get a bank account and this is actually like a digital solution for them first of all and second of all you you came here personally to meet these people and speak with these people and see what they actually needed What you know what their experience was with using lightning and how you could improve that experience for the people in this actual village right
1: yeah yeah, correct I, I believe it's it's important to you know meet the people that use your product generally right uh, whatever you're doing yeah uh,
0: so I, I think um, so one of the things you discovered while you were here was that uh, correct me if I'm wrong but uh, is that the, the existing lightning solutions the existing wallets uh, lightning wallets excuse me um, let's say just the non-consolial lightning wallets they had their limitations. Is that right?
1: So, when I was coming here, the people were using Wallet of Satoshi. uh, So, it was a custodial wallet. But I I believe the way on our side we start thinking about the wallet uh, initially, like, uh, close to two two years ago, uh, is that on my side, I start, you know, with a non-custodial wallet and I was trying to experiment with it. And I had the model of, like, open the channel of the fly where, like, Maybe you, you know, as a user, you 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 download this app, and maybe you don't have yet any UTXO, any on-chain or off-chain balance. But like the first time you receive your off-chain payment, your Lightning payment, you know, you will op- basically the, the wallet provider will open a channel on the fly to you. And so I experimented with it for a couple of months, and then my thinking was like it, it's hard to scale because uh, from the wallet. Provider standpoint, each time there is a new user, you need to provide liquidity to this user, and so, and and, and so you need to have this upfront liquidity, right, to provide. that. And the more you go, the faster you go, like the, the harder the liquidity challenge, which, which is difficult. And so you know, you well, go- you, well, you don't need to, right? You can also open channels uh,
0: just o- where the channels are funded only on the side of the user, so they can't receive payments in that case, unless and until they've made payments themselves. Yeah. Which is another limitation, of course. Yeah, so,
1: so this would be maybe, you know, the way if you have an LND, you know, node, and so this is how it will typically work, is that, okay, you need to open a channel, and then all the liquidity is on your side, and then when you after you spend um, some money on this channel, then, you know, you can receive a payment afterwards. So, you know, this is a vanilla, lightning node, how this works, you know. An improvement based on that is the idea that, hey, maybe... You will be connected to a wallet provider like a node or a LSP, uh, and basically to make the experience better, you know, like the first time you see a Lightning payment, you know, this is the time the, the channel is being opened, and the channel is not opened by you because you don't have fun yet. It's, the channel is being opened by the other party of the channel, that uh, you know we sent you the money that you know, they receive from the channel, and maybe they will retain some, you know, sats uh, as a you know payment to open the channel. But they, they still need to provide a lot of liquidity, basically. Uh, and this is a model that I think... Metolo- so, so that are sort of the two options, I, I, I guess. Either
0: you allow anyone to open a channel, but it's only funded on their end, so they can't receive payments at first, or you can offer the liquidity, but that's hard to scale because then you need a lot of liquidity to offer all across
1: all of your user base. Yeah, yeah, and, and there is like, to my knowledge, three wallets that are doing this: uh, Moonwallet and Buys and Phoenix. And I think they have, you know, a uh, e- claim to my knowledge. Uh, Phoenix have a lot of success, right? But I, I still see this as something that will be hard to scale, like especially in an area like El Zonte, and the reason is. So on average, the median balance, uh, the, not on average, the median balance I believe in you know, a wallet is about ten dollars. Um, so you know it's really like you, do you mean here, or do yeah. you mean in general? In in here, like you in know, the, the, that, the people that have been using the Bitcoin Beach wallet. And so ten dollars is like you know it's uh, it depends on the what are the fees on chain, but you know it's often you know above the price you will pay to open a channel right and so this is the limitation basically right
0: what you're saying is that uh opening it wait i think you're saying two different things first of all there's a challenge on how to start start an account start a wallet that's one challenge because because you have two choices that both aren't ideal and then the second challenge is that if people really don't have a lot of money then even opening one lightning channel is a lot of money. If you only have $10 and fees are $2, then opening a lightning channel is still a lot of money, essentially. So that's, there's two problems there, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct, exactly. And, and that's probably a compound, right? So, like, uh, but that's correct.
0: So, and then the other option, if we go to the other end of the spectrum, so to say, is to have custodial wallets. And the, these also exist.
1: Yeah, and so the probably the first wallet that is known in the space is wallet of Satoshi, and this is the wallet that was being used as the main wallet until we we start you know working on on the Bitcoin bit wallet here. And, and customer wallet, you know, have the benefits of like it's probably the best UX today, and probably also the one that have I wouldn't say the low, the lowest fees, but like a lot of the on chain management, you know, like it uh, you can. Share the capital that is required to open a, a channel and close a channel. You know, if, if you have like uh, a thousand users and you have one channel, you know, then basically the cost of creating a channel and closing a channel is shared across you know a, a thousand users. So this is a cost per user is very is, is greatly reduced.
0: Yeah, ju- just for listeners that don't that might not know this, non-custodial, what we were just discussing a minute minute ago, simply means that you can always claim the funds in your Lightning wallet on-chain if you want. At any point, you can just say, okay, I want my funds now, and then you're getting it to your own uh, on-chain address. Custodial, you know, this is powered by, you know, the cryptography and the technology of Lightning itself. Custodial means you're essentially giving up that control to the wallet provider or whoever because, you know, if you want to withdraw your funds, they're still gonna to have to actually give you the funds. They're gonna to have to cooperate with that. They are actually controlling the keys. So the problem in that sense is, you know, it's not it's it sort of goes against the Bitcoin mantra of not your keys, not your coins. But it offers these benefits that um, the liquidity problem we just mentioned is immediately solved. Essentially, you you kind of just create an account at the wallet provider. And uh, the fee problem is solved because you don't need any on-chain fee to get started. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Right. So and then the, like I mentioned, the downside is you're actually trusting the wallet provider a bit. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So you have uh, with the beach wallet, you're going for some kind of what well, you're calling it shared custody, right? So it's still custodial. But you're trying to limit the risk a little bit. Is that right? So maybe you can explain what that means.
1: Yeah. So from the user perspective, the wallet is custodial, so they will open a wallet the same way they will do with a custodial wallet, and they will have an account. Um, the reason we talk about shared custody is because so the wallet there is two parts to the wallet. There is a off chain, uh, there is a cold storage and hot storage, and so so the hot storage is basically a lightning node, LND node. When there is a single key for it, this is how everything works today. But there is only a tiny portion of the fund in this, like uh, hot wallet. The major part of the fund are in a cold storage, which which is good for security reason. Mm-hmm. But there is something quite unique with Bitcoin that you know maybe doesn't exist with a, like the fiat system, for instance, where you could have a multi sig and you could have different members of the community that have you know the signature. So. Here's the idea that you, instead of like trusting maybe a company uh, when you use like a, a custodial product, um, here you could trust the member of your community. You know to to maintain the key and to make sure they keep the you know the, the, the key in a, in a good shape and they don't lose it. And um, and so here you you basically not trusting a a company, you're trusting you know, people in your community basically.
0: Yeah, although this is not, I understand this is not something you can actually verify in the wallet, or there's no way to make sure that this is actually happening. So, in that sense, you're still, you are still trusting the words of you that it is being held by multiple people. Is that right?
1: Correct. And we're actually thinking about this how to, like, there is a question should the people that hold the key be known or not? Um, Right. And it's, Interesting to think about it. Like, if you think about okay, you want to bring the trust, you know, to the system, then you will publish, you know, who on the key basically, and then you can, and maybe, you know, those member can publish, you know, the, the public key, and you know, and then you can verify the fund are, you know, available. But if you publish who on the key, it's also like it creates a new security risk. We're like, okay, well, you know, the different people that have the key of this wallet, you know, this and this and this. And yeah, this and so on. even if it's a three
0: out of five or a six out of ten or whatever it is, okay. if you publish who they are, then you know now you know exactly which three or which six people you need to yeah correct. extort. Correct. So so there's benefit in not sharing that information but that does increase the trust in, that's the, the trust rate of now you're trusting that there are actually three yeah. out of five people that are holding the keys and you don't know who they are.
1: So just
0: a promise in that sense. E-
1: exactly. And so far, this is, we go for the, you know, it's not publish on the key, but yeah, it's it, it it's something we are thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, I will say uh,
0: before we move on, so I've used the Bitcoin Beach wallet while I'm here. I've also tried I've also used other wallets and I will say I I personally like it a lot. Um, I There is the trust trade-off and, you know, it, it, it does go against the mantra of Bitcoin but I've used other Lightning wallets and I like other Lightning wallets as well. But, um, you know, I make a payment and I'm standing there at the merchant waiting to get my bottle of water or whatever it is and it can take half a minute or longer for a payment route to be found. While with Bitcoin Beach Wallet, if they use the same wallet, oh, we'll get into that in a bit, actually. I'm sort of jumping the gun here. But it does uh, work so much faster. You really are done within three seconds, which is nice. Uh, And I guess the other thing that it makes sense in a community like this, I think, to use a setup like we were just describing, especially because it's small. If there's, you know, if there's a uh, ten million users, maybe you know, and there's a lot of money involved, and out of these ten million users, almost no one knows the actual owner of the wallet. It, you know that at that point, it's starting to sound less smart to me. But here in a village of three thousand people, and even though you don't know exactly who knows who owns the public keys, there's not that much money involved all in all, and. It, People know to find you, fight you probably. And you know, we're we're recording this in the Hope House. You know, if something goes which is like a, a community house for the Bitcoin community here. You know, people can at least come here and ask what's going on. It's a more, you know, on a small scale, it, it probably makes uh, it, it kinda makes sense to do it this way, I think. Or at least it's the trade off is acceptable in my personal view. one one other solution to mitigate this problem of um, the, the custodial solution is to have proof of reserves. Is this something
1: the Bitcoin Beach Wallet has? So we don't have proof of reserve today, but it's something that is uh, high on our priority list, you know. Right. And I think it's very complementary to the fact that multiple people in the community have keys for the multi-sig wallet, for the cold storage. Proof of Reserve, you know, is aiming to solve a different issue. Um, if you think about Mongox, for instance, uh, what we, I believe, now know is that the over time, you know, fund has been drained from the wallet, you know, for like a year or so. Like it has been a slow process of like depleting the, the current uh, wallet of, of, you know, these exchanges. And if they had something like a proof of reserve, you know, the day like suddenly there is fund missing, the key will be known, right? And there will not be the wallet or the action that will continue to operate if proof of reserve was here. So it it doesn't mean that if you have proof of reserve, suddenly you know, one day from the next, you know, the fund will, will disappear and people who have the key, you know, will take away the money. Uh, but it means that you know, if something bad were happening, like you will know it right away and you will not end up in a situation where maybe hey there is like some money left, but you know, maybe there is enough money to keep it going and which is a a bad you know a bad thing eventually because then maybe the people at the end, which is the case for the Mongooks, I believe it has been ongoing for for months. uh,
0: Yeah, essentially it's true that Whoever's holding the keys for the Bitcoin Beach right now, they could get into a collective boating accident still, and the money would be gone. That's still true even with proof of reserves. What's not true with proof of reserves is that they could um, run a fractional reserve banking's type of sy- system for months or years. That would be impossible, ideally at least. So maybe... So how you say it's high on your priority list. Do you have an I Can you explain as simple as possible how that would work or what it would look like?
2: Yeah.
1: So the idea of proof of reserve is you have, when you have a wallet, you have assets and liability. So your assets are your UTXO and maybe the fund you have in your lightning wallet. So uh, you have a channel and mean, you know you have money on, on your side of the channel. So all this is constitutes your assets and you have the liability, which is how much money you owe to each user of of your wallet. And basically, proof of reserve is you try to prove that you have enough money in your assets to cover your your liability. And so on the asset side, the way you can prove you have some assets is you have one UTXO or, you know, a couple of UTXO. and for each UTXO, you should have a private key associated to this UTXO, and you can send a message, hey, you know, out of today, uh, you know this UTXO belongs to to this wallet, and like this, you can sum, you can do it for which UTXO, you can sum how much money you have in your, for your assets, mm-hmm. and the way you prove on the label- so in that way it would
0: be publicly known which UTXOs, which bitcoins are belong to the Bitcoin Beach wallet in this case.
1: Yes, correct, right. uh, and they the, I believe- on the
0: on the Bitcoin blockchain itself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I believe there will be improvement to that with like some zero-knowledge proof scheme, which I'm, I'm not deep into it, but I think there is a solution for that to like try to not try to prove that you have you know, enough reserve without showing how much, you know, money you owe, right? Because the, the reason I believe one, why a lot of, you know, no, no one, so far really no one have really adopted proof of reserve is because, you know, no exchange want really to, to publicly state, you know, which ETFs they own basically. Uh, CoinFloor, I think, uh,
0: does it. They have the proof reserve check regularly. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, well, but to but, yeah, but <laughs> that this is zero-knowledge proof. That's maybe even further into the, in the future. Let's stick with just the basics. Uh, basics of uh, yeah, yeah. proof reserves.
1: Uh, and so, you know, you, you prove how much assets you have. You know, it it, it can become, in that case, public information. Mm-hmm. On the liability side, the way it works is okay, You have, let's say you have five users in your wallet, and each of them have you know, 0.1 BTC. And so you want to construct um, a Merkle tree where at the top you will have 0.5 BTC. And you want to show that on the leaf of the tree, uh, each user the their balance has been accounted into the total that is shown in the uh, at the root of the Merkle tree and so yeah you can construct this you know Merkle tree and basically every user will be able maybe using the mobile app will be able to log in and say hey is my balance you know in this total and so there is a cryptographic proof to show that yes you know this balance which is 0.5 you know my balance which is 0.1 has been included in this total and the general idea here is that if enough people check it you know statistically you will have a very high likelihood of yes you know like no there there has been no uh, check that has not been verified therefore you know It's very likely there is a a fully. uh, It's a fully reserve operation, right? Uh, Yeah, these are these kinds of things
0: that are much easier to explain with a little bit of a drawing, which you (laughs) just made for me half an hour ago. But yeah, the the basic idea is that you're sharing the the Merkle path. Uh, Hopefully, listeners will know what the Merkle tree is. If not, this is gonna be over their head anyways. So yeah, you you give every user the Merkle path and the Merkle path. Doesn't only include the hashes, which any Miracle path does, but it also includes the amounts. And therefore, you can sort of add up that, yeah, that your amount was included in total. And um, if enough users do that, and like you said, statistically, if you're trying to cheat, someone will figure it out. Someone will find out that their total. That their amount wasn't in the total. So it, it's not uh, a, a hard proof for any individual user, but collectively, if enough people do it, I don't know, maybe 10% is enough, or I, I have no idea. There's probably uh, statistics uh, wizards out there that would have a better grip on that. But if enough people do it, then you get a sense. Then you know pretty sure that the, the proof of reserves, proves that the reserves are there. Right? Yeah. Correct. All right, so, but this is not in the Bitcoin mutual wallet jet no, no. this, is, this is part of the long priority list. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> as, as every wallet has, so I know.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break from that episode. I want to tell you guys about our sponsor. It is Bitcoin 2022 conference. I am sure you saw the videos. You may have been there in person. Bitcoin 2021 was an absolute smashing success. It was the biggest conference in Bitcoin history, crypto history. Whatever history of the digital asset sphere, Bitcoin is number one, and the Bitcoin 2021 conference is number one with a bullet. It was an absolutely incredible time. I was working my ass off the whole time, but I got to meet so many incredible community members. And I think the best testament to how amazing Bitcoin 2021 was, was not just all of the amazing you know, accolades and uh, and compliments that I got personally and our team got. But also, it's the skin in the game in Bitcoin 2022. We have already sold close to 1,500 tickets. That is more than 10% of the people, everyone who went to Bitcoin 2021 have already purchased tickets to Bitcoin 2022. We have not released a date, we have not released a city, we have not released anything. That is the biggest compliment. That is the biggest skin in the game of the community being down for this conference. Bitcoin 2022 is going to be bigger than Bitcoin 2021, It's going to be better than Bitcoin 21 in every single way, and we are going to be bringing you the best opportunity to mingle with the biggest, the baddest, the most Bitcoin people on the planet. So join the revolution, go to b.tc forward slash conference, get your tickets today. I don't know what the ticket prices are, they are going up, I think they're $249 right now. We just rolled out Fiat ticket uh, purchases. All the tickets purchased before today were all purchased in BTC. So get it, guys. Get it. Get this ticket. Be at Bitcoin 2022. See you there. Bitcoiners, I want to tell you guys about the Deep Dive. The Deep Dive is a new premium newsletter from the Bitcoin Magazine team in conjunction with my man, BTCization, Dylan mcclaire Dylan is such a multifaceted and wide-ranging analyst. He does everything from on-chain analytics to macro uh, analysis to, uh, you know, hash rate and all that kind of good stuff. He does it all. He breaks down everything that's happening every single day with his daily dive. He's going to dive into what is happening in the market that day. So that way, you don't have to pay attention to Twitter. You don't have to pay attention to anything else. You can just pay attention to the deep dive and he has you covered. And at the end of the week, guess what? You get a weekly recap. And at the end of the month, hey, we have a freaking report, a beautiful PDF breaking down all the activity of that entire month, what it means for Bitcoin, what you can expect moving forward. The Bitcoin market is going to moon. We are here to make sure that we maximize your stack. Go to members.bitcoinmagazine.com to sign up today. And if you use promo code BITS, you can get one month for free. So again, the deep dive i've been checking it out every day and you should too back to the show um okay yeah so let's
0: get to more the, the user experience uh side of things um i already mentioned that i, I actually really like using the bitcoin beach walls here because it, it's it's just fast and this is part of the custodial thing i think where um all of these merchants in this town, and there are a lot of merchants in this town, you know, a lot of pupusa shops, which is like the local dish, or uh, just these tiny corner shops, or restaurants, or lots of people are actually accepting Bitcoin, and they have this QR code out, and this QR code essentially just, um, if you scan it, a, a username comes up, right? Well, it says the username and letters as well, and if you scan the QR code, what does the QR code say? Is it the username?
1: specifically so the QR code, code is a link to a web page
0: okay wait okay yes you're right so let's one thing at a time so everyone here or a lot of people have a username so if you have someone's username you can very easily pay that person because it is custodial it's just you know the wallet has a ledger and it just changes the ledger from me if I'm buying a pupusa to the pupusa ship shop lady and that's why, you know, it happens within three seconds, which is kinda nice when you you know, when you're on the go. and even if you're not on the go, it's just a little bit awkward to stand in front of a shop for and, a minute well, or half this, minute, I finding will, a path.
1: I would also say that if you use you know wallet of Satoshi or Strike wallet, um, we're connecting with us wallet, right? We're connecting with uh, other wallets that are uh, often used here in a way that you know, the transaction will be the fastest if it is, you know, from Bitcoin Beach Wallet to Bitcoin Beach Wallet. But Bitcoin Beach Wallet to Wallet of Satoshi should also be very fast because basically the server of you know, the Bitcoin Beach Wallet and the server of Wallet of Satoshi have, you know, the Lightning have a direct channel. And so it will also be fast. Right.
0: Yeah. So in that case, pathfinding isn't a big deal. It's just right there.
1: There is no price funding, basically. It's like, yeah. you know, immediate payment. And so maybe if you add some experience where the, you know, payment was much slower. it's probably that, yeah, the node was, you know, not directly connected to us. And this is where, you know, things can take a bit more time.
0: Yeah. So let's get back into the, the trade-off side of things. The trade-off here, besides the trade we mentioned, the, the fact that it's custodial and you're trusting whoever is holding the keys, the other trade-off here would be privacy. whoever's running the wallet or I guess yeah I guess that would be whoever's running the wallet server right they could tell that I just ate a pupusa yeah right so that's another trade-off that you're making for convenience sake in this case and uh, I'm I'm sure you've had a lot of uh, complaints about this in El Zonta there's a lot of privacy activists.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah so, I, I'll share a funny story about this so, so when you make a payment uh, you can add a memo to the payment like hey I'm a Pupusa, and I like the Pupusa, thank you and the you know the 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 way we have been thinking about it when we start uh, the memo feature is that okay you know like memo should be private, right like so if I if I say, hey, you know, I, I I, I have Pupusa for the memo. It's just, you know, to remind me that I, you know, this $2, or $5 payment is for Pupusa, right? Um, but basically, we had some actually feedback that, hey, you know, the memo is not shared. Like, we want the memo to be shared because I, I want to send a payment to someone and, and tell him, hey, I, I sent you $10 for, you know, the uh, for the pizza that we uh, ate yesterday. Uh, and today, they don't like the fact that it's not been shared, <laughs> which is interesting, right? Like, um, So they... Uh, and probably the reason why they don't, you know, think about pri- privacy too much, it's important to imagine that thus most of the users today, like this is their first, you know, bank account, if I can call it that way. And... Um, you know, like they're discovering, you know, internet money, for, for them it's magic, right? Like, the the notion of privacy is not the, the top of their mind, actually. It, the utility function is, is is much higher on their mind, and therefore, like, they, you know, privacy, they don't really care so far, and they actually prefer to share information, right, uh, when they send a payment, for instance.
0: Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I do think privacy is very important, don't get me wrong, it's just also clear to me that people here are probably fine with whatever can help them at this point and this seems to help them but um are there any do you have any idea of how that do you have any plans to improve that somewhere on the priority list are there ways to improve that maybe not account system is just not private and that's just you know that's just a trade-off you're making here
1: yeah i i think it's if you're using a customer, like if you're on privacy, you want know, privacy, you should not use a customer Really, I think is a way to think about it. Um, yeah, well,
0: I mean, there are like the Xiaomi and um, the Xiaomi and cash type of solutions that might be applicable here in some way or another. They probably are, but we should talk about this uh, maybe after after the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's probably an option actually. Um, yeah. What else? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, the QR codes we just mentioned. So, you know, someone's username, it's very easy to pay that person. Um, you know, it happens instantly, which is nice um, if you also have the Bitcoin Beach wallet. Now, if you don't have the Bitcoin Beach wallet, there's this QR code. This QR code is not a lightning. Address or anything, so yeah, you were you already sort of uh, started mentioning that. So what is it?
1: Yeah, so the current QR code that you can see on you know most of the tienda here or the restaurant or, is basically a web page, and the current web page would be ln.bitcoinbeach.com slash you know tienda Mario. and so if you scan this QR code with a QR scanner, it will open a web uh, you know a page on Safari. If you use an iOS, and you will have a, a Lightning invoice that you can pay. Um, so it's, it's
0: a it's a uniquely generated Lightning yeah. invoice in that case. So yeah. yeah. So either you have the Bitcoin Beach wallet, in which case it's very easy to pay, make the payment, or you have another Lightning wallet, in which case you need to scar, scan the QR code, open that in a web page, and then you get a unique Lightning invoice there, yeah. and then you can pay that with your whatever wallet you have, right?
1: Yeah. So it's really a two step. Process it's not ideal, and if you were to try to scan this QR code directly from you know, the weight of Satoshi, like it will say, "Hey, this is not an invoice. I don't know what this is," and it will fail.
0: Yeah, that that's what happened to me on day one. <laughs> it was a little bit confusing at first, but now I get how it works, and it actually it it makes sense actually. It just you need to know that that, that that's how it works. and yeah. It helps if the person that's holding up the QR code speaks uh, the same language as you. Otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're lost, <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's not compatible with all wallets, I think, right? Or there there was there are some incompatibilities.
1: Yeah, and so, some of the issue with the way we generate the invoice is it's currently a, a monthless invoice. So like when you open the webpage, you will an do amountless like, invoice. Yeah, so you know an invoice that doesn't include no amount, meaning it is a sender. It is up to the sender to set the invoice. No, it's not the recipient have not set the invoice by the time the invoice has been created. And the reason it's causing issue is like uh, up to maybe 18 months ago, two months ago, it was insecure to create a monthless invoice. I know it's secure, but like some wallets, you know, don't accept a monthless invoice. So like if you try to pay, I believe this invoice with TWAG, for example, like it will say, hey, I I, I don't know how to pay this invoice.
0: So wait, so first of all, before... Maybe explain why you want... Why, why amountless payment? What's the point of an amountless
1: payment? So... Or an amountless invoice? So you, you can see a amountless invoice like a, a traditional on-chain, you know, address, right? Where, like, you will pay to this address, but typically there is no amount associated to it, right? And if you have an on-chain address, you will send... Home. Like, the, the sender mm-hmm. defined how much money should be sent, not the recipient. And so... You, you can have both uh, a monthless invoice or like a uh, an invoice with an amount like both options are possible and maybe I can talk about why you know uh, it was not secure before and it's secure now and maybe some why you know it, it will be the reason why some wallets don't accept a monthless invoice still today
0: yeah well first of all I'm, I'm still trying to find out why do you why would you want to use an amountless invoice as well I think it has something to do with pathfinding right wasn't that was another reason or routing?
1: Mm,
0: nope. Oh, then I just made that up. No, you were telling me the other day over a beer that <laughs> there were you. You're doing something unique with pathfinding, and there was some incompatible. Oh yeah,
1: the probing. Yes, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Isn't that doesn't that have to do with the mountless?
1: Yeah, probing payment? is something else actually. Oh, we all can, right. We can talk about probing. Yeah, we'll so. get into probing as well. <laughs> well. Okay, so first, let's one thing at a time. Amountless <laughs> invoices. So, so the the first. I guess version of Lightning Invoice was you add a hash in the invoice and this is the only cryptographic um, element that you have in the invoice. And so let's say you have Alice and Bob and Charlie and basically Alice wants to pay Charlie and Bob is an intermediary node. And so the issue with just a hash is that let's say Alice wants to send a thousand sats to Charlie. So Charlie generates a monthly invoice. And you know, Alice initiates the payment saying, hey, please send, you know, uh, a thousand sats to, to Charlie through Bob. And maybe Bob will take five sats in fee, and so Alice will send a thousand and five sats. Bob will take five sats, and Charlie will receive a thousand sats. Right? This is a normal flow. Mm-hmm. But here, the reason it can be dangerous is that basically Charlie doesn't know how much money to expect from Alice because it's not in the invoice. And so Alice could send a thousand five sets and Bob could take a thousand sets and say, hey, Charlie, please take these five sets. You know, it's a payment I receive. And, and basically, the, you know, some... The node, typically the last hop, you know, before the the recipient, like could, could take as much money as they want if they, unders- if they know somehow if they try, to see if like, sending less money would work, right? So this is why it was insecure before. Right. Yeah, I've I've seen some
0: wallets reject, or maybe not rejected, but at least throw up a warning sign. Yeah, yeah. So that this is why they're throwing up a warning sign, yeah. but other wallets just rejects it outright. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and this is because so the, you just explained the problem. This used to be a problem, but you're saying yeah. this problem is now solved or
1: Yeah, it's if you use so if you generate an invoice with now you with new invoice like since at least on LND I believe LND I mean three or four version of LND maybe LND zero ten or along this line. when was this? Um, maybe more than a year ago, mm-hmm. between a year and 18 months ago, I will say. Uh, no invoice, not only generate a hash, but also a payment secret. And basically, the hash will be known by every party along the route, but the payment secret will only be known by the recipient by the and the sender, right? Right. And because this information is um, is not shared between intermediary and node, like, basically the last hop, you know, cannot made up information because, he you know, then the last onion that will arrive to the, you know, to Charlie in that case, like, he will know that something is wrong, basically, because right. there is no new cryptographic element that has been added.
0: I the, see, yeah, so Lightning always used you know, the hash that's passed around on each step, and now yeah. apparently there's no other security.
1: Yeah, there is a payment secret, what has what been called, and, right, and, if you create an invoice with a payment
2: secret, you know, then a month less invoice are no longer unsecured. Before we get back to the episode, I want to tell you guys about Bitcoin Magazine. Bitcoin Magazine is the oldest publication covering Bitcoin, and we've been covering Bitcoin since 2012. Y'all, I'm so proud to be working for Bitcoin Magazine. We spend all day trying to scour the internet for the top news, the top plebs, the top subjects, conversations, Everything that has to do with BTC, the asset, BTC, the culture, BTC, the revolution. We are here for it. We are here for BTC and BTC only. And we want to give back to the Bitcoin community. Hit us up if you want to contribute. And uh, yeah, go follow us on Twitter. Go uh, subscribe to this podcast. Go follow us on YouTube. All of the places that you can find Bitcoin Magazine, we are there. Instagram, Reddit everywhere we're there we're there follow us for the best bitcoin knowledge back to the episode
0: okay so i think i understand where my confusion is coming from now my confusion so yeah you've got the amountless invoice what that means is not that it requires me to send zero satoshis what it means is that i can fill in my own the amount of my own preference. That's what amountless invoice means. Yes, correct. Right. Nicholas, see, I was confused because we were talking about two different things and these two different things turn into one thing in my brain. But okay, so yeah, you're hanging this QR code in the store. You're scanning that. You're getting, with your QR code scanner, you get onto a web page that has an amountless invoice from Lightning, amountless Lightning invoice, which means that now you can enter the amount yourself and make the payments to the Papouche shop. And now everyone's happy because you had a great Papouche and the papusha shop got paid, even if I didn't have the Bitcoin Beach wallet. So is
1: it the place where I'm supposed to take a back joke? Uh...
0: Yes, this is where the (laughs) fun comes in. (laughs) All right, okay, that part is uh, clear to me. Now... um, There is another sort of futuristic idea. It's not that futuristic, but another idea you were thinking about moving forward. Because right now, um, uh, basically, you speculated about this concept where the username system right now works very well. And that could maybe be expanded across custodial wallets, at least, right? Or shared custodial wallets like yours. So maybe explain how that would work or how you would see that working.
1: Yeah, so the first thing is, like, the username, people love it here. Uh, Like, it's very useful because, you know, they know the username of their friend and they can easily send them money. It's really magic, right? If you're living in the U.S., uh, like, you know, you have PayPal, you have Venmo, you have Cash App, like, it's not something new, but here it's something very new and useful for for the people using the, the Bitcoin Beach Wallet but the downside of this is that it's also very centralizing force it's you know it means that hey you need to have this wallet right um it's not great because you know it forced you know more people to use this wallet and not another one yeah
0: there's strong network effects at play if your friends have the bitcoin beach wallet they're going to want to use the bitcoin beach wallet yeah, instead yeah. of uh the bitcoin forest wallet from the community yeah, yeah. The next door and, and ultimately everyone's using a bitcoin beach wallet because network effects yeah. are strong even in the bitcoin forest
1: and then you end up with one wallet you know that rules the world and that's not you know the place you want to be right it's not what bitcoin is about uh, and so I've been thinking about this and I think there is there could be a way to be able to send a payment you know, from a wallet to another wallet. Uh, and let's say... Using uh, the username system. Using the username yeah. system. So, you know, let's say I want to send a payment to a strike user and I, I am using the Bitcoin Beach wallet. Uh, and the idea is that uh, if you think about a non-custodial wallet, it's like one person, you know, have one node. It's a It's not shared, but if you use a custodial wallet, you know, the principle of a a custodial wallet is that there is one node, but there is, like, many accounts to this node, and, you know, here, in our case, you know, we can identify each account with a username. And so, the idea is the following, like, you can do, you can send a payment with something like Kisand or AMP today, where, so I could send a payment from my node to, like, Strike, for instance, uh, push payment, and... In the payment, I would say, hey, you know, please pay this username, please pay Aaron at, at Strike. Um, the way it would work is, okay, Bitcoin Beach Wallet will initiate the payment and send it to Strike. You know, it's known which public key the Strike node is, so I could push to a payment to the Strike node. Yeah, which
0: Lightning nodes yeah. on the Lightning network, essentially, through the public key that yes. that's published. So, the, yeah, yeah. you know, a, a company like Strike... For them, it's public, which public key, which lightning node is actually theirs. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So that so that's what you're sending the payments to directly in that case. Yeah,
1: and so you send to a node, but here in the basically in the payload of the payment, you can say, hey, you know, please credit Aaron, you know, a, a, a thousand sets. And you know, the way this could work is that if you know, and 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 this is so far very you know, it's it's at the ideation stage. Like you know, there will need to be a spec for this, and but you know, I, I can can describe the idea of how this will work. And so, you know, the strike wallet will, okay, receive this payment and say, oh, do you do know this user? Yes, I know it. Okay, so I, I will credit, you know, a thousand sets for this account for our own it, And and to make it work, we also want to make sure that if the wallet receives some money but they don't know the user, you know, like uh, they, they should, like, w- refuse the payments, obviously, because otherwise, like, like, the sender will send money and, you know, the recipient will not credit anyone and that would not be uh, good. But uh, yeah, that's really one way to be able to basically have a username system that is compatible across wallets. And I believe that would be, you know, awesome to have. Um, th- so far, you know, there is no equivalent. Uh, if you think about the, the traditional Fiat system, like, you know, with Cash App and Venmo, uh, you know, you cannot send money from Cash App to Venmo, even if you know their username, right? You have to use the same wallet. Um, and the reason you cannot do it is really because there is no shared, you know, ledger between, you know, Cash App and Venmo. Um, but on Lightning, you yeah, could do it.
0: Right? I think you might not even need that, thinking about it. Like, you, you could just, you know, in my wallet interface of Bitcoin Beach, it could just say, uh, you know, send uh, 10, sets, 10 sets to Nicholas on strike. And um then, you know, the Bitcoin beach wallet knows to send this me- to send a ten sat payment to Strike with this message. And then Strike will look into their own ledger if there is indeed a, a Nicholas there. If so, it gets credited ten sets. If not, it's just returned to sender and you know that's really all you need if you think about it, right? I think. You don't need you don't need even you don't need you don't even need a shared ledger between the wallets necessarily. Oh, no, you don't. You know, I, I yeah. was
1: describing, you know, in the Fiat ecosystem, like, you know, I mean, and, and the reason it will work is that because on Lightning, hey, you can push payment, right? Well, you can, you don't need to share the ledger. This is exactly. the point. Like, you can use Lightning to, to go from one wallet to another wallet, which is the magic of Lightning, obviously.
0: Yeah. So that's a potential future idea you're thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let, let's get back to, um, so I already mentioned the the pathfinding issues or challenges because this is currently not compatible across all wallets so maybe you can explain what what are the differences or what are the
1: problems there yeah so, so some other issue we are facing and we are working on is um, is related to probing um, so we do probing to have like more precise accounting for the fees um, and so what is a probe? A probe is like if I want to pay from you know, the Bitcoin beach wallet to, let's say, a Moon user, um, I will basically, to, to know if I have liquidity, um, a probe is I send a payment to this user, but instead of using the, the hash of the invoice, I invent a new hash. And so let's say, you know, now, if first of all, maybe actually the
0: previous Van first NATO episode was about pathfinding and routing. So that's short enough ago that I still remember some of it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what uh, what Joost Joost Jager explained is that most wallets, or at least LND, I think, they have this system where they map out the entire network, and they have information about the channels on the network and based on this information they calculate the cheapest route to the destination where cheapest means literally cheapest fees but it can also factor in real reliability of the channel and what else there was another factor
1: uh, there is a time period for which the oh yeah
0: yeah exactly the the the, the timeout yeah. time yeah so that sort of factors in and it calculates one cost And that's how one node routes a payment to another node. Uh, And I think uh, right now what these nodes do is they basically specify a maximum fee amount that it's allowed to cost, that a payment is allowed to cost. So your own node, if I'm making a payment, it knows how much I'm willing to pay for it. It calculates a route, sees if there is a route available for that cost. If so, it picks the cheapest one. Maybe that one will fail. It tries the next cheapest one as long, and it keeps doing that until it hits sort of the roof or the, you know, the limit of what you've said, That what I said that it was allowed to cost. That's how it sort of works right now. And probing is an alternative to this. Is that is that a way? Is that a good way
1: to describe it? It's not an alternative to this. Probing uses pass mm-hmm. Probing is a way to know which pass will work in advance. Um,
0: right, so instead of there are 10 different options and I just gave a max, probing allows my node to tell me exactly how much it's going to cost. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. okay, yeah. so how does it work?
1: So it's like you do a normal payment, um, but instead of having the hash of the invoice you want to pay, you create a new hash, like a, a random hash, uh, a fake hash, if you want. And so you're, you're still trying to pay the same node, uh, the same amount, but because it's a fake hash, when the node receives the payment, you know, they should say, hey, like, I received this, but I don't know which hash, you know, is it? I don't have the pre-image of the hash, therefore, I'm, I I will reject this payment. But if you receive an error message that say, hey, you know, this node rejects um, the payment for this fake hash, you know that, eventually, you reach this node. Therefore, you know that there is liquidity for this route. If you, you know have another message that is, hey, you know, sorry I cannot go further in the past because there is no liquidity, you know that this pass you try to pay is not working, and then you would try another one, right? And so this is how probe is working. And the reason yeah you want to do probing is like if you want if you want to charge, you know, only the fees that is you have to pay on the Lightning Network, but not more fees than that, like Probing is the you know the best way to do it because now you will know exactly in advance of a payment how much it will cost if successful.
0: Right, but so uh, th- this is how the Bitcoin Beach Wallet uses it to make payments, I guess. Or also, is it also relevant to receiving payments?
1: So it's it's only relevant to making payments.
0: And but this is not compatible. This is not. Timbera is trying to distract me uh, at the other (laughs) side of the glass. This is not compatible with
1: all wallets right now, right? So one of the issues that we are facing is, for instance, the Moon Wallet, it doesn't really work today. So the pub is failing um, because Moon Wallet does actually what we talked earlier uh, today about. Like they open a channel on the fly and they have a way to manage this. And they also create a new pub key for which invoice is being created so they have like a way to increase privacy for the user but as a result probing doesn't work and therefore like payments are failing if you know currently you want to send a payment from the bitcoin beach wallet to the to the moon wallet and we try to solve this issue but it's um, it's not an easy issue to solve right
0: so that's that's another trade-off of using the bitcoin beach wallets that is not compatible with all
1: other wallets yeah, not yet. Right. But, I mean, my goal, and I believe it's the goal of, you know, most wallet providers is like we want to increase compatibility across each other. It's just that the Lightning space is very interesting in the sense that you can experiment. You know, it's not like Bitcoin, which has a very strict set of rules. Like on Lightning, it's a lot more, uh, you know, you can try anything you want, uh, you know, and some other wallet might work with it, some other wallet might not work. Uh, which make it very interesting. Obviously, we don't want to diverge in a way like, you know, <laughs> wallets are not compatible between themselves, right? Um, but uh, yeah, currently there is still, you know, work to do to uh, basically have better integration uh, between different wallets. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I mentioned this, but my experience with the wallet has been positive. I, I like it. Uh, I like that you're here, that you're actually you know, trying to experience what people are, well, yeah, trying to see what people are experienced with the wallets, which problems they have. Um, it, you know, the trade-offs are also there, you know, they're private we mentioned that the privacy, privacy trade-offs, the custodial trade-offs, but it's, um, it's definitely the easiest wallet to use, uh, right here, at least. And I think, I it kinda of, I also mentioned it kinda of makes sense I think in this context. In this context of a village that's adopting it, of a specific community that's adopting it. And I think you're um you're now the the world is open source, correct? Yeah, yeah. So. And, and the idea is also that this format, this way of doing lightning or in a way it's a third layer now right at least if you use the the username system it's like a third layer at this yes, point quite, yeah. we're we're talking about bitcoin layer free people that's how advanced <laughs> that's how advanced this podcast is <laughs> um, yeah and the idea is that other communities maybe like bitcoin beach but in another place of the world could adopt this type of system could use the open source code you know smack it on top of their own logo or other way around, smack their logo on top, smack the Bitcoin uh, forest logo on top or the Bitcoin volcano logo in the lens and have their own local versions of the Bitcoin beach wallet.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, uh, so it's open source software, so anyone can can use it. Um, and I expect, you know, in a couple of years to have hundreds, if not thousands of those you know community around the world and maybe it will be you know small community large community it can be cities it can be you know state it can be enterprise you know so anyone that wants their own wallet you know could use what we have built all right nicholas thank you uh let's uh let's hear one last pun from you come yeah. to elizante experience in you know, a bitcoin beach there you go all right <laughs>